There's a great big fly in here. There is. It's like a bloody tank with wings. It's like it's got boots on. It's like, it's so loud. You you might be able to hear it later. Yeah, like later if there's a strange buzzing noise, it's not our technical no, incompetence. It's genuinely it is just genuinely a, fly. a big old fly that's stuck in the yeah, room. I think he just I think it. he just wants to be on the show. Uh, oh, there he is. Speaking of being on the show, yeah. If you are listening to this on Wednesday, June thirteenth, when yeah. it will be released, if you're not doing anything tonight. Yeah, come to our good live show. Uh, yeah. It's at the Pavilion in Reading, uh, and to celebrate our first birthday and the thirtieth birthday of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we're going to be trying to weave that into it's our like two a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, we've done well, double completely whammy. accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's three pounds. It's at the Pavilion in Reading. Uh, tickets are available at kaiju.fm/live, or you can get them over the bar at the Nags Head, which is a very good pub that's opposite the venue. Yeah, which is so really handy. If you're uh, listening to this on Wednesday. June 13th. Yeah, before 6.30. Before, before well, 6.30, before 7. 7pm. Yeah. Pop by. Come. You can be on the show. We're going to yeah, show just the like film the fly. and have a chat. But otherwise, you know, you're probably not listening on the Wednesday. So no. uh, don't worry about it. Disregard. The fly is still going to be here. Yeah, though. the fly is still on the show. Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And there's a big fly in the room. There is a big fly in the room. Actually, I think he might have left. Maybe he's went in a different room. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out in due course. Yeah, he'll annoy me. Uh, so we're doing a live show tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, are you ready? Um, as I think as ready as I can be. Yeah, I was going to say. I've got say, a clean t-shirt to put on. All the, all the tech, I think, is in place. Yep. All the emails have been sent and yep. responded to. We've done no preparation for anything we're going to say whatsoever. But so it's going to be ever. that's going to be thoroughly in line with our yeah. general remit. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, that'll be airing as our fiftieth episode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, because Roger Rabbit's set in nineteen forty-seven, uh, and that's what the live show is going to entail. Uh, we're going to try to get to the end of nineteen forty-seven in this episode and the next one. Yes. Uh, so. This one would be a little bit longer. The next one would be a little bit longer. We're yeah, gonna but try that just means more of us. Seven cartoons in this episode. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because uh, there's some big things coming up. Yeah, uh, but with regards to that, I think it's important that we... If, if an episode's really yielding nothing... We need to just move on. Just move on. Just yeah. move on quick because, you know, we have a tendency to waffle for 10 minutes about episodes that add nothing. Well, I mean, there was that Bat Boy incident, wasn't there? There was that Bat Boy incident. Like, we talked like, about that for a long time. Yeah, like three three seconds of um, animation. We're talking three... about it now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, moving swiftly uh, on. So, yeah, there's going to be a couple of bumper episodes. Then we'll air the live show for our 50th episode. Yeah. And then we're going to do some nice sort of like two universal glossary style recaps for episodes uh, 51 and 52. A sort of full story so far sort yeah. of situation. Uh, to sort of round off what I guess in effect will be sort of season one. Yeah, and it'll put us into a nice position to... And then we'll kick straight back into 1948. uh, With season two. Come episode 53. So it should also give people a nice starting point. I think that's my scheme. Yeah. I think it's a good plan. Yeah. Uh, It's one of my better plans, but that's not saying much. I've had a lot of poor, Uh, poor plans. Give yourself some credit, man. Yeah. I I think it's probably my, my... Top Four, scheme. Fourth best plan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, right now we've got a lot of cartoons to get through. Yes, so let's we have. Uh, kick in. Uh, so we ended with Pepe last time, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we so, did. So uh, the first one up today is called A Hair Grows in Manhattan, and it's a Bugs Bunny and Hector number from March 22nd, 1947. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. <laughs> So this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is basically Bugs telling a story of like his early life mm. uh, from his, uh, well, I was going to say his condo in Beverly Hills, but he still lives in the ground. Like, yeah. he's got a fancy house. Yeah, but he chooses not to. I think he probably uses it for entertaining. Well, I mean, you would though, wouldn't you? Like, you, you don't you don't want to invite people down, and I don't think many people can, can access his house in the hole in the ground. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, if he wants anyone who isn't a rabbit around, yeah. then... They're not going to be able to... 
get I don't think, think it's even any rabbit at that point because he's got a lot of like TARDIS-esque like yeah. stuff going on down yeah. there. Um, so he's telling a story of his early life, um, which it looks like he spent in New York. Yeah. Um, and Hector is there as sort of like a, a a thug, a street thug. What You're pulling a face at me. Kind of like a dog whistle. Sorry. Yeah, I heard something, but I wouldn't worry about it. I, I shan't. It keeps happening. It does. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. we'll move on. We'll go back to that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he's telling the story of basically how he fended off some street thugs. Uh, there's a few interesting things. One, I really like that, like, a low, like, a low-rent apartment for a rabbit in New York is in someone's window box. And yes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was brilliant. That was a good gag. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, but, uh, the interesting thing to me is that Hector has passed his trouser test. He doesn't have trousers, but he has two items of formal clothing. He does have two items of formal clothing, but I don't know whether or not he... Because that jumper had a hole in it. So I'm wondering whether or not he has kind of just taken that out the trash. Yeah, I mean... Cause, because they, they are a pack of street dogs. That's what they are. Yeah, it's possible, but like it was, it was still pretty well-fitting and like, you know... I, I don't know, he couldn't get his head through it. He's squeezes head. Squeezes head. It's a jumper on the jumper. The bit of the the neck of the jumper is not like your head doesn't go straight through. Like you know, you're gonna yeah. feel it on your head. I, he struggled getting it on. I'll give him that. Okay. But well, anyway, I thought possibly at this later stage because we've seen Hector as quite a level-headed fellow, yes. and in this he's thuggish and sort of yes, brutish. Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, been laying low, maybe in some sort of witness protection since then. Well, you reckon he's like kind of I think trying he, to sell out the mob? I think and... at some point between this, yeah, and uh, when we've seen him in other cartoons, yeah, he's he's possibly you know he's he's snitched on someone, yeah, and uh, and, and he's in... seen the error of his ways. He's maybe he's maybe done some time. He's got some education, yeah, in prison because he's definitely was smarter in other ones we've seen. Oh, definitely. And this was definitely a flashback. Yeah, we weren't given a time. As to when this one was set. No, all, but all, it all was, was... But the, the Beverly Hills bit was now, and it was Bugs talking about when he was a young yes. whippersnapper. Yeah, exactly. So, 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 so it was definitely a little while ago. Yeah, so, like, that's interesting to think about. I enjoy that. Like, the Storks, uh, this, in the flashback, uh, you know, because they went on strike. They all quit their job and left Porky they did. and Daffy in charge, and that's how Porky and Daffy got stranded in Africa. Well, Porky got stranded in Africa. Yeah, Daffy. And Daffy just left him there. But, um... The storks in this one, like they've got like the stork club. They're yep. clearly quite well to do. Uh, Bugs uh, was brought by the storks as well. Yeah, so that's definitely what goes on. Yeah, like, that's how babies turn up. But like, there was clearly a pretty well to do job whenever this was set. Which yeah, you know, yeah, I that think club looks was a real sort fancy of club. like t- t- like twenties ish. It did kind Late of look twenties. What I did notice though, there was a lot of um, just kind of ice boxes on the street. There was a lot of boxes with just the word ice written on it, as if, like, free ice was just being handed out. Well, I think you... Did you just get delivered a big block of ice? Because you have those ice pick things, didn't you? Yeah, you, you? do, but, the, but the, like, the, like, yeah, there was just, like, mailboxes, but ice boxes on the side of the street. So that, that was an odd thing. Well, we we can look that up. I'm going to have to. But not right now. No. We'll do it between now and watching the next cartoon, and yeah. then we'll do that. Might find out what they're whistling as well. Uh... Of course, we've got to take all of this with a pinch of salt because it's an unreliable narrator. Like, Bugs it's is Bugs. definitely leaning into the celebrity thing. Um, yeah. I wouldn't put a past him for him to lie about his past. I really wouldn't. No, but also what's interesting to me here is that he's rich enough and celebrity enough in the Toon world and there's nothing that his, about his Toon powers that pro- would prohibit him like being able to be that wealthy. But what is the... like? They're definitely talking to... Uh, to him like he's a movie star which yes. he sort of is just because we see him through the portal yeah. and everyone seems yeah, to yeah. know who he is yeah um but i wonder if that's for their benefit or for ours yeah it's it's an interesting one because like, like because of bugs's time traveling ability it's hard to know which bugs it is you're seeing and at what point in timeline he is because bugs became i don't know quite a a dark character yeah. for a bit. And in this one, he's not seeming as up himself. I think but... this is this is after that. Yeah. But before he really starts his um, full-on quest proper. Yes. Like, I think this is his equivalent of, like, some R&R. It's just him 
Taking a bit of downtime. Leaning into a, the celebrity yeah, lifestyle yeah. a bit. Doing a couple of films, taking yeah. it easy. Okay. Enjoying the press attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's where I place the the, Be- the Beverly Hills part of this. It does still make me question whether or not that was a correct history or not. Wait, oh, the, his... Yeah, bit. just just his telling I mean, of it. I, it I think it's going to be uh, an embellished truth. Yeah. Um... The other thing that I just thought was interesting is at the end, he's being, uh, like, all the street dogs are coming at him and he grabs the first thing to hand, which is a book, and brandishes at them. Yeah. And they all look gleeful and run off. And then he brings the book back down and looks at it and he doesn't turn it over. He just brings it back down yeah. and it says, a tree grows in Brooklyn and the dogs all are seen Over-all running off towards yeah. Brooklyn. Now, the cover of the book was facing bugs. So I want to know what is in what the, the blurb... Yes, of yeah, yeah. A tree grows in Brooklyn that those dogs liked so much. Yeah. Shall we look up the blurb for a tree grows in Brooklyn? I think we probably should. Okay, and get, find out what's... Give, us, out. give us a second. Okay. <laughs> so there wasn't a great deal uh, to get excited about on the back of uh, mm, a tree no. grows in Brooklyn. Uh, in fact, the original one just had a lot of buy war bonds and like yes. a little letter by Betty Smith about the importance of buying war bonds. Yeah. Uh, what is interesting, though, is... Uh, it was written in 1943, so this yes. can't have been happening that long ago. No, it definitely wasn't happening in the 20s. Now, I guess, like, I don't know in his telling of the story if he mentioned what the book was. No. To to the reporter. No, he didn't. But you've got to ask when that, if it's back when he was a whippersnapper and he did mention that, when was that Beverly Hills set? Yes. So I think we've seen the future there and 1943, but what this does open up is that most Bugs episodes we've seen or at least a whole bunch of them yeah he's been before he was born before he was born yeah although i guess he was like well, a teenager in 1943 so well, I, I mean he i think he like, was he, born he, early yeah, yeah he, like, he, i mean he could have been in his um he could have been in like early 20s like it could have been 19 20 21 when this was done yeah because when he was living in a, a window box yeah that would have been yeah like, yeah that would have been the 20s like 20s maybe early 30s yeah which would put um some of his episodes like squarely exactly where they are yeah i guess so but yeah he was that like but he was like a sort of teenager or early 20s yeah in 1943 or, or thereabouts yeah i would suggest but yeah that doesn't tell me what the dogs were so excited about no. except apart from a tree but yeah well like, uh, a tree uh, grows somewhere else as well like yeah i mean uh, but potentially i mean in new, in new york you've got like central park and stuff like, like, like so yeah. can't, it can't be like oh a tree and they're off. You're not going to leg it all the way to Brooklyn. No, not for a tree. Because they were they, like they went over the bridge. Yeah, they, so they're they already yeah. they're on they Manhattan were full, Island. Yeah, like they, were, like, like they were full committed to just going right to Brooklyn. Oh, well, that answer that didn't answer anything. Then I'm sorry for that detour. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it it was worth seeing when the book was made, though, because yeah. it gives us it gave us a grounding because it was at least 1943. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, that doesn't give Hector that long to sort of sort himself out. So I reckon Hector did only a little bit of time. I reckon he just got plea bargain. Well, but why is he so much more erudite now? I reckon he did a lot of reading in prison, man. Mm, I thought he was just hamming up the like the gangster role, just trying to fit in. Maybe he's undercover. Oh, oh, police dog, police dog, <laughs> deputy dog. Uh, well, I don't think he's deputy dog, but. Uh... <laughs> No, that's a different guy completely. Yeah, completely. He's a genuinely different person. Let's let's consider those two options then. He either snitched on some people, went to prison, yeah, uh, but only for a little bit of time, got let out, and is now l- like trying to live the quiet life, yeah, or is undercover cop. Ah, also, got- also now trying to live the quiet life. Yeah, he was an undercover cop on the edge with nothing to lose. Three days from retirement, um, but three days passed, he's and retired. now he's retired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's done. Uh, Right, uh, let's move on then uh, to Birth of a Notion, uh, which is a Daffy Duck number from April 12th, 1947. Let's have a look at it. Okie doke. We have unfortunately just had a technical hiccup yeah. and deleted the revelation that we just had. Something went wrong. I don't know why. Uh, so we're going to launch in and try and be as animated and excited about it as we were. Because yeah, we like, are. it was a real, 
it was a real humdinger. It, and and the thing is, it still is a humdinger. Yeah, like, like regardless, because it was minutes ago that we were that excited. I don't think I've lost the excitement. Yeah, because it's because a, it's great. You know, it's big. It's so a port- portal technology big. So let's roll with it. Yeah, that creepy scientist who looks like Peter Laurie is yeah. back. Yes, he's still doing creepy science. Yeah, Daffy's there. He's doing his gambit of i'm not flying south for the winter i'm just yeah. gonna find a nice house to tried that before didn't work didn't work before no so that led us to believe it's a sort of standard gambit for daffy to just try and get in places yeah uh so he sort of does a sort of false saving uh, save your, your dog's li- life saved your life yeah. with the dog of the house yeah and the dog lets him in to stay in the house yes um he, so he gives the dog a bone he convinces the dog the bone's poisoned yeah uh, and, well, and he stops him eating it yeah, and the dog's like oh thanks dog. yeah uh so he's let into the house where peter laurie the creepy scientist <laughs> is hanging out but the, the the dog did say he didn't want the master to find him the master would not be happy yeah which is interesting because we did we've never seen a human dog subdom relationship till now this is the first time that's true and it's interesting that it's manifested with what we believe to be a human from our world coming in yeah so let's get to that so first first up you believe that daffy is operating as an assassin at this point uh, yes yeah, so i reckon he's been sent there to try and take down this scientist this to stop scientist. him from doing whatever he's doing and we think there's good reason because when daffy is in the house at one point he opens a door yeah and it's just like a train going past yes and that made me start thinking ah this scientist has harnessed portal technology yeah because that's just teleporting someone to a train somewhere yeah now Peter Laurie is an Austro-Hungarian actor from our world yeah. who uh, fled Germany uh, when Adolf Hitler came into power. Yes. Now, I think he fled through the portal. Now, he pretty quickly turned up in America in our world. He yeah. was in like the Start Maltese... doing films, yeah. Yeah, he was in the Maltese Falcon. He was in Casablanca, like, yeah. you know. But I think in a sort of... Riker from Star Trek The Next Generation style, yeah. at some point when teleported through the portal, he became split and some of him was left in the Tooniverse and that's what we're seeing here, this sort of creepy scientist. Yeah, it's kind of an aspect of his psyche has been left behind. Yeah, like the the, the little niggling evil thoughts that you have yeah. in the back of your brain. They've, they've remained in a body in the Tooniverse because he very much looks like a... The previous examples, when we saw like Goebbels and Goering, yeah, uh, a human who's come from our world, and yeah, they're, they're almost a caricature of themselves. Like they start twisting and going a bit weird. Uh, but then he also was in our world, being yeah. beloved actor Peter Laurie. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we think this aspect of Peter Laurie has been left in the universe. But the big take home from this, for me, is that that means the actor Peter Laurie, prior to Adolf Hitler coming to power, had harnessed Portal technology yeah he was also a brilliant scientist and i think he was developing this technology and when hitler came into power came around with his goons to try and annex this technology yeah. and peter laurie was left with no choice but to jump through his sort of experimental portal yes and just hope for the best yeah it was just like i'm going to escape through this portal and just, boom. and it's kind of worked and it's for kind of, and it's kind of worked he was and, in some good movies yeah and the thing is that like it did leave behind the technology for the nazis to get a hold of but without the person who knew how to use it it probably took them a lot longer to gain or to harness it properly yeah but it also opens up the idea that there's it's possibly not that uh hitler sort of crossed over no into the universe an and spent some time course. there and then crossed back yeah it's the they they were split too. So there was a Hitler in the universe and a Hitler here. Yeah. So it was an aspect of Hitler's personality. Yeah. But mm. but the best thing about it is just that Austro-Hungarian actor Peter Laurie invented portal technology. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's still the good <clears throat> natural portal that we think we're looking through always. Yes. Yeah. So, so, which so, we don't so, know if it's natural or just ancient, like yeah, a previous ancient civilization techno- yeah. had it, like a stargate. An ancient technology. Dropped away. That's it. Like we don't seem to be getting any sort of um, kind of personality split from anybody that crosses over the American portal, and that like, yeah, that they do- just seem to crack on. Yeah, that that, that does lead me to uh, think like because earlier on, I, I, you know, before it got deleted, I did posit the idea of like using kind of prisms to split apart a person's personality and then yeah, focus it back through a lens on the other side to bring them into like yeah. unity, and that would. That that could fracture a person's personality if if it doesn't focus right through the lens, 
you could end up with a per- an aspect of somebody's personality stuck in one place and not the other. True. Uh, but like, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting because we, we pretty much established there was multiple portals available. Yeah. But We'd never it's really actually some imperfect portals and the portal as we yes, see it. Yes, yeah. So... But, the but, good yeah, portal. Yeah. The real take home though, and the thing that I'm really happy to establish <laughs> as canon is that Peter Laurie invented it. Yeah. He was not just an actor, he was a mastermind scientist. And maybe and maybe that was just left behind. The pure sort of scientist part yeah. of his brain is what got left which behind. Which would explain why he never really which, did that. Which is on our side now yeah but also why he has no real hang-ups in the tuniverse like he's yes. not governed by morals no. or emotion he's just doing the science in the tuniverse yeah the creep probably science. just trying to get back i'd imagine so i'd imagine because the thing is is he probably doesn't know he's just an aspect he's probably just like oh fuck it I'm he doesn't stuck know here. that peter laurie's here hanging out with humphrey bogart no no he he thinks he's stuck he thinks he's stuck to get in back. the tuniverse which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the take home there. Oh, uh, and also Daffy doesn't manage to kill him in the end. Daffy doesn't manage to kill him because another duck says, I'm working this side of the street, which uh, tells me two things. One, they're in a sort of gross point blank situation yeah. where it's just like, yeah, like, yeah. you know. This, this is my patch. This is my patch. I'm here. Yeah. But also, if the patch is down to this side of the street, there's a lot of assassination <laughs> going on <laughs> in the universe. You well, get like a postcode. Yeah. Like, and uh, you do all the assassinating there. Yeah. <laughs> Odd. Like, because so, I mean, like, 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 we, like we've definitely seen Daffy doing a lot of government work before, so I am not surprised to see him in this role. Absolutely not. Like, he's the most trustworthy one so far. Oddly. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifically. Uh, uh, speaking of horrific, the next one's a Tweety number. It is Tweety. And it's the first, first feathered Tweety as yeah, well. Yeah, it's the first time we're going to see Tweety with his good yellow feathers. Yeah. But it's also the first time we're going to see Tweety with our boy Sylvester. Oh, it's, it's, it's a big one. It's, it's a big genuinely one. a big one. Because Sylvester one. and Tweety, it's like... And that's, that's a big one coming in after we've established what we've just established. Yeah. Like, this is... This is oh, this it's is, heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Yeah, <laughs> we're tackling the big issues this episode. Uh, so join us in watching Tweety Pie. Uh, it's a Sylvester and Tweety number from uh, May the 3rd, 1947. <laughs> Well, I think um, Tweety Pie has met his match. Yeah, I think that's really why Tweety uh, lets himself hang out in this situation. Yeah. Is that, okay, so basically Tweety's outside. Sylvester tries to catch Tweety. Uh, Sylvester's owner, who calls him Thomas, yeah, um, uh, finds out that he's eating this bird and takes in this little bird. Um I think she calls him Thomas because we've never seen him communicate with anything but cats, I don't think. No. And I think this is how cats have sort of maintained their sort of uh, life of Riley, just being kept well by humans. Yeah, they just pretend they're not sentient and they just take whatever name the human gives them. Yeah, they just roll with it. just rock with it. It's fine. But Tweety, uh, confirmed killer of over 200 cats, um, has finally met his match. Yeah, I it's kind of like a like an unrelenting force versus an unmovable object. Yeah, I mean, like, Sylvester has a lot of plans. Yeah. Like, full-on schemes yeah. uh, to catch this bird who's, you know, now in, like, the iconic Tweety Bird cage. Yes. Um, and Sylvester seems very hardy and very persistent compared to uh, most other cats. Yeah, because that- he didn't lose one life there. No. I reckon he's kind of like Wolverine. I reckon he's just got... Like, I reckon he does have nine lives, but I think he's probably just got, like... Super, Super healing rapid powers. healing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we pretty much confirmed in that episode uh, that Tweety's toon power is just the ability to manifest yes, tools, yeah. like from nowhere. Whatever the hell he like, wants. Just because uh, at one point Sylvester catches Tweety in a jar, yeah, uh, so he can't be heard, and like he's just pulling symbols out. Yeah, he's got drum. a horn, drums, a pin. Yeah, and he gets a pin and stabs Sylvester in the hand to escape. But yeah. uh, like, so Sylvester has the tools. He pulls a blowtorch out at some point. Yeah, like. You know, he's got a lot of stuff yeah. hidden somewhere. So, like, for those of you versed in Dungeons & Dragons, I'd say he's like a blade-packed warlock, which yeah. can just summon weapons out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's Tweety's thing. It, it it would seem that he does have that ability. and like, Cause the, we like, sort of see Daffy do it, but it's only ever sort of one thing at a time. Yeah. And, and uh, I think he just hides it behind yeah, his back. I, I think he's just got real sort of, like, good hiding skills. Sleight of hand. Yeah. 
But like, he can palm a mallet. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's perfectly acceptable if you've got yeah. like expanding mallets. Um, but yeah, like Sylvester and Tweet, perfect match for each other because Sylvester can't be killed. Tweety loves killing cats, and yeah. he's now just in a position where he, he just kind can't of gets take to... out Sylvester. Yeah, but he also just... I, I mean, I think he relishes having met his match. Like, oh, yeah. Because I don't even know it's the killing of the cats that... He enjoys. It's, it's the torturing of It's them. the torturing of the cats, and he's getting and that, that, that makes here. it darker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not that he just likes to kill them, it's that... Because there's a high chance likes to torture now, them. at this point, that we'll never see Tweety kill another cat again. But no, well, that, no, potentially but not. I, we, know, we know that... I mean, it's it's 1947. When's Space Jam? 95? Yeah. 96? That's, that's, that's so a lot of that's killing fi- time. That's 50 solid years. Yeah. Of torturing just Sylvester. Oh, God. So we'll see how that goes. Poor Sylvester. I don't think it's answered very much, really. No. I mean, like, like we, we did... It was a um, delight. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, like we did talk about um, off mic earlier when we were looking at Hector... Um, and talking about him being a police dog because we know that Hector has like plays a part in the Sylvester and Tweety um, dynamic, kind of, yeah, kind of area. Um, and we were talking about Hector being an undercover police dog. Directly comes out of retirement to keep an eye on Tweety just to make sure that he doesn't go back to his uh, murdering ways. Yeah, but why would they forgive the murdering ways at this point? Uh, well, or do uh, birds yeah, well, have their uh, own well, society? No, I'm thinking maybe they just don't have any solid evidence that he actually did it. So they've sent an undercover cop. They've been dog. trying to put him away for years. Yeah, and they've just got nothing to pin on him. I mean, he, tweet, he does wax lyrical about it, or at least has been up to this point. Do you think he's like Chopper Reed? <laughs> <laughs> hello? Hello there? Uh, I don't know. Potentially. <laughs> like, tweet, he's going, I did it. I killed yeah, like Tony Cash. Like, like, it wasn't you, man. It's like. It was me. Yeah, put me I away. totally did it. Uh, yeah, I mean, potentially because the thing is, is that like the police probably get whenever there's like a serial killer out there. I imagine they get a lot of calls from people going, "It's me, I did it," and it's just like, well, there's no evidence to show that you did it. So and we're when not a just tiny, put you away. like up until now featherless bird says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I killed like, like all a those baby cats. bird." Like, like no, everyone's going no. Because think, like, you're think how short of a time he must have done the kill those oh, two hundred yeah. cats. Like, well. like he didn't was, even have feathers no. by the time he killed two hundred. Like, 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 like he hatched. Started his murder spree immediately <laughs> due to his uh, early discovered ability to manifest grenades from nowhere. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> there, like there again, if if you're born with such like awesome power, you know it's going to go to your head. And uh, like and his head's tw- quite big. And Tweety like was always alone in that nest. Yeah, he was. Like so, you know, no, no real like oh, parents. Do, do you and, reckon like, the stalks delivered to an empty nest? Possibly, uh, but also, oh, like, it means that it? it's not like in Spider-Man where he has, like, uh, an uncle figure to go, yeah. like, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, it it's just, just like, I'm alone, I've got great power! Yeah, grenades! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is quite depressing, actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel for him. Because... <laughs> I don't think I'll ever feel for him again. No, I don't think I will, but I feel for Sylvester. Because, yeah. like, when I was a kid, I always watched them, like, going, ah, Sylvester's getting exactly what he deserves. Now I'm like, go on, Sylvester fucking kill him <laughs> yeah he needs it yeah there's been a lot of full-on switcheroos and oh, who's really the has. good guy yeah. in all these cartoons like, like like seeing it through the eyes of an adult in chronological it's order. like El- elm is the good guy yeah you know Daffy, daffy's the, daffy's the logical straightforward thinking guy like, yeah. where's that come from it's fucking weird it is I it's gonna be interesting wily coyote and uh whatever the fuck's gonna happen there yeah, I mean, like... We'll have to find out when it happens. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that no. now. Uh, I think we should move on, because it's not actually, like, uh, affecting the Tooniverse much. No, but next... But, like, yeah, it was a delight, don't yeah, get it me was. wrong. Uh, but I know the next one's going to be a delight. Yeah, it is. Because it's our good friend Cease. Oh, he's back! Cecil Turtle, back in the game, definitely a tortoise. Yeah. Um. So uh, we're watching Rabbit Transit, which we've already got a lot of theories about, right? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. the way rabbits move. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if these correlate. It might be a good confirming sort of moment. That'd be nice. Which would have been, made this episode just like... Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's episode. watch Rabbit Transit. It's a Bugs Bunny and Cecil Turtle number from May 10th, 1947. Let's give it a go. I'm going to let you roll this one because you love Cease. I do love Cease. So this appears to be the first race between Bugs and Cecil. Yeah, because this is where Bugs discovers the fable. Yeah, and what is interesting, when he is reading it, he does 
have a tendency to read backwards through a book. Yeah, I but don't know the story was just... definitely happening backwards. So I think it was uh, yeah. uh, maybe in, in like so Japanese. Bugs, like, 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 like Bugs is it's in... like a manga. Yeah, possibly. I wonder, I wonder if he got that when he was over in Japan and just picked it up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so in this one, Bugs is at some sort of like spa resort. Um, and he's just relaxing, and he's reading the fable of the uh, the tortoise and the hare, and just flat out doesn't believe. It. He's like, no, like that's just not possible. And Cecil's there, and he's having himself a nice little steam inside his shell, or inside a shell. That's yeah, I think it's a shell because they're garments. So like, I think you take off your shell, yeah, and you, you jump in a towel, and then you just and you just jump into shell. It sort of clo- steam closes around you like a sort of yeah, just, some sort of box, but. All that aside, they start the race, and um, Cecil says, okay, let's agree not to cheat. And Bugs was going to cheat. He's he was. He had, he had, he had skates. skates on. And he Cecil was, like, was definitely going to cheat. Yeah, he was like, oh, hold on then, and grabs Cecil, tips him upside down, starts shaking him, and a scooter falls out, some skates fall out, uh, various other modes of transport. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't check... The shell itself. The shell. And the like rest starts... falls out of the shell, but he doesn't check the... the- construction no, of the show no not at all and bugs really should have because he knows that these things are garments rather than actually part of the body of a turtle um he thinks he's a well he calls him a snail i think that's just an insult really do you yeah, think that's I, why yeah, he... i genuinely just i think it's because you know snails are slow turtles are slow i think he's just do you calm. think that was the catalyzing event do you think that was why Cecil went well do you know what then i'm going to show him potentially yeah because uh, like, 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 like it's possible that calling calling a turtle slash tortoise a snail is you know it's just oh it's a big insult yeah it's not on no but it's perfectly fine to call a rabbit a hay yeah that's fine but the start of the race bugs is off and cease just turns to the camera and goes it's all right you've got time to still place a bet if you want to uh and you know by the way, I'd place it on me. Lifts up a shell, and inside is a jet engine. Yeah, and so like he can happily win the race, and it goes yeah. back and forth. Like Bugs nicks his shell at one point. Yeah, uh, but then it breaks down, it. and then Cecil just fixes it and gnashes off. Yeah, yeah, just busts off in it. Uh, Bugs uh, tries something which we've seen in a previous Cecil and Bugs episode, where he uh, repaints the line on the road. Yes, to go into a tree, and then he paints a tunnel on the tree. But yeah. Cecil just goes straight through the tree. And then Bugs tries to chase him through there and, and hits into the tree. Yeah. Now, in the other episode, uh, it was some of Cecil's team who uh, did the trick. draw the line. Yes. And Bugs just hits into a wall. So I think Bugs, at this point, inadvertently gave Cecil a trick or two to use in future. Yes. Um, well, because like, the, the reason we were thinking about that with Bugs was to do with, like, as long as they had the line to follow... Uh, that was the way they could travel at such high speed. Yeah, like it's like the ra- it's like the rabbit tracks. Yes, exactly. And like it would seem that Cecil's like kind of jet shell works on exactly the same principle. It requires the line to track. Yeah, because it's just traveling so fast. Cecil clearly can't adjust that quickly. Yeah, because his feet aren't even on the ground when this thing's going. Yeah, he's just he's scooting along, it's along a like a like a Mario Kart shell. Yeah. Uh, so in the end, Cecil, just before the finish line, just turns up, does he run out of fuel? Well, I I, I don't think he intentionally, he he makes a good, a good situation out of a bad one, but I don't think he intentionally lets Yeah, okay, so uh, let's say he runs out of fuel, so he ends up running the last bit and Bugs wins. Yeah. Um, and then Bugs, he goes, oh, you must have been pretty fast to beat me, and Bugs goes, yeah, I was easily doing over a hundred. And uh, Cecil gets him to say it louder yeah. and then uh, gets him arrested by the police. Yeah, because the speed limit was 30. Uh, creating a feud that yeah. lasts like, presumably forever. Now, now, like, now, the question is, is, did Bugs do time? How much time did he do? Or did he just get a fine? Cause, because the police, I can't imagine, would arrest somebody and take them away. If they, they were, were just defi- going to ticket them. Yeah, they were definitely taking him away. Yeah, So I'm thinking he's off to jail probably not prison but i reckon he's going to spend a bit a bit of time in jail while he's trying to get this all sorted out yeah just like a, at least a night in the cells you know yeah yeah until but, he can cough it up but yeah uh so that's why bugs hates cecil and wants to beat him forever more um yeah also uh cecil 
reaches Chicago before Bugs and set and has a little chill on the beach. But he sends him a Christmas card. He does send him a Christmas card. Uh, and then Bugs posts himself there. Yeah. And that's how he catches up. And just up. gives him a big kiss when he opens the box. Um, but it's one of the few Christmas references we've ever seen in the whole thing. Because our Christmas episode was it just us largely us making shit up. About Santa. Because uh, there was very little to work with. And now yeah. there's, and there's, a still, very, there's still very, very little to work, work with. with. But, but Christmas is, a you know, there's card, Christmas cards happen. Yeah, there's definitely Christmas cards. So next Christmas, when we come to do our Christmas special, we're It'll largely going to be... the same, ref- but we'll mention a Christmas. Yeah, we're, we're going to be referring back to our Christmas special and some other stuff that might come up. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this answers very much other than it just being the start of a feud we've enjoyed up yes. until now. But yeah. it was a good entertaining episode. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, shall we go and take a look in the Porky Piggy Bank? I think we should. Give it a good old rattle. Give it a good old rattle. Good old rattle. Okay, it's that part of the show where we tell you how you can help us out. Because yeah. that's what people like to hear. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. So first up, thank you all so much for listening to the show. Uh, it's it, it means a lot to us that, yeah. you know, it, you it, guys are getting involved in our in our stupid, stupid yeah. adventure. It's nice to know that people are listening and enjoying. Yeah. Um, we make it for free and that's not going to change. Nope. You're going to be able to continue listening and enjoying. But if you want to help us out, there's a few little things you can do. Uh, first up, if you listen on iTunes, please, please, please take a minute of your time to just give us a review. Because uh, it may not seem like much, it may not seem very helpful, but it's so helpful. Because currently, we... We don't like, even we, have a rating. We don't even have a rating. Uh, no. So please, uh, take a moment, just leave us a review, leave us a rating, because it really helps our visibility out. Yeah. And uh, if you don't listen on iTunes, uh, but still have iTunes, also do that. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, any uh, podcast thing you listen on, if it's got a rating system, please leave us a rating. Yeah, uh, thumbs uh, up, stars, yeah. write a bit. Otherwise, know. if you have a theory or a question or whatever, uh, find us on the Twitter, at yep. TSJ Community, uh, or on Facebook. You can just find the Space Jam Continuum, and there's a, there's a, a, page group, and chat. a, group. There's a group chat there. Yeah, um, And get involved in the discussion, um, because, you know... That'll help us out because there's definitely things we miss, things we forget. Yeah, it's, it's uh, always things nice we're probably to hear from just people. wrong about. And yeah. it's nice to hear from it you. Is it's really nice, nice to, to have a chat people. about it. Uh, talking about having a chat about it, uh, just tell people. Tell people about the podcast. Yep. If you're enjoying it, there's a high chance other people you know will enjoy it because yeah. they presumably enjoy you. If if you have a sandwich board, uh, get that painted up. Just walk around the streets, preferably put some clothes on underneath. Yeah. Um, if, you, uh, if you don't have clothes, just get it tattooed on your body and or just paint it up and yeah. just walk around like that. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is definitely one way of doing it. Yeah, uh, just I mean, proclaiming it. Like if, a town crier. If sports fans can take their shirts off and paint their chests... Then Space Jam Continuum continuum fans can do the same. I I can't see why not. uh, It's it's not one rule for one. No. And, you know, I can't see anybody having a problem with that at all. Yeah, absolutely not. Otherwise, if you head over to kaiju.fm and click support us, uh, we have a Patreon page. It's in the middle of a bit of a restructure at the moment, but uh, take a look over there. Um, Because for as little as a a dollar a month, which even if you just listen to our... uh, our waffle it's, bargain, that 25 it's 20, cents 25 an cents an episode bargain. not even that sometimes some months we do five the, yeah some months we the, do six there's there's other things on as well like there's other yeah. shows so if you listen to more of them then you know you're getting more money absolutely well there's not more money, but you're shows. money Cal, cal's got another show on there about brewing there's yeah. uh, the prestige which is about film and uh there's our promo for this week which is uh, going to be for law masters which is uh, a little bite-sized podcast uh of uh, just little Touch points and inspiration for your role-playing games. Yeah. Like some weeks it might be a, a cool item, some some weeks it might be a character, some weeks it might be a whole city. But uh, yeah, Rob does a really great job with those. Like it's 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 got cool ambience and a little bits of story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is really, awesome to listen. Really to. worth a listen. If, if you're into D and D, it's ab- or any any role-playing games really. Like yeah. With that saying, it is fantastic. Yeah. Also, uh, Cal and I, I don't think it's up yet, but we're a guest on one, so listen out for us being <laughs> being a go- being a goblin and an orc. Yeah, it, it's it's unique. I know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, let's go and watch uh, a bunch more cartoons, because we've got to get through 1947. Yeah, we really do. It is a dark and stormy night, the wind lashing down, and you're facing against your greatest challenge yet. A player who's gone in the wrong direction. We've all been there, you've got our story planned out, and this player heads off in the wrong direction, and you've got nothing to fill that gap. 
Well, my name's Rob, and I've started a podcast to help you. The podcast is called Lawmasters, and each week I bring you something for your game. It could be a hook, it could be an object, it could be a person, it could be a city, it could be a whole story arc. If you're a dungeon master and you want some inspiration, please check us out wherever you find podcasts. And remember, you're not alone. Okay, so next up is a Daffy Duck and Yosemite Sam number called yeah. Along Came Daffy. Uh, but interestingly, it is archived here as a follow-up to 1943's Wakiki Wabbit. Now, yeah. Wakiki Wabbit um, was when Bugs Bunny turned up on an island where some people were stranded yeah. and Left made sure they got stranded there yeah. and stayed stranded there. And we didn't really know why. And we still don't. No, but we, like we, we we just assumed that there was a, a very good reason that those guys didn't need to be part of history, and them getting off the island would be catastrophic. Interestingly, that, uh, that was before uh, Bugs Bunny lost the plot a little bit. Yeah, in the it, war, like, like we we were written under the idea that he had like a very solid plan. Like at that point, he was like Doctor Who in our brains, and now yeah. he's like, nah. but the question is, is if this is a follow up. Where did Daffy Duck and Yosemite Sam come into this? Because their only connection can either be Bugs, and Bugs isn't in it, or those two guys. So let's find out in uh, Along Came Daffy. It's a Daffy Duck and Yosemite Sam number from June the 4th, 1947. What is he doing there? What possible reason could he have to be... Door to door selling cookbooks. I don't know. It is an odd one. I like by follow up to 1943's Wakiki Wabbit. They mean it's a bit similar yeah. at the very start. Yeah, it's two guys who are hungry. One of which is Yosemite Sam, and the other one which is presumably his brother. Yeah, Yosemite he looks Bob. The same, but with, with black, black hair. hair. Yeah, like and they're hungry, and you know there's no food anywhere. For some bizarre reason, they're starving. Yeah, but, so so they start seeing each other as sort of food items, yeah. which happened in Wikiki Rabbit. Yeah. But I wouldn't say this was a follow-up. I wouldn't say it's a follow-up. Da- Daffy Duck turns Due to up- having no mm. identical characters and a completely different plotline. Yeah. Like, Daffy Duck turns up as a door-to-door salesman selling cookbooks. And they're like, ooh, a duck, brilliant, gonna eat that duck. They chase him around the place. Daffy starts reading from the cookbook. Yeah. That's an important part. He starts reading from the cookbook and, and suddenly realises that there's all duck in it. But then I can't remember what the title of the book was. But it's like, just like cookbook. Nah, but I know. Because he, he, it's like it was, the company or the cookbook title had duck in it. Yeah. But I think it was in an ambiguous way that made it just sound like, you know, the company had was a was a company of ducks. Yes. Uh, not that it was all going to be duck recipes. So he doesn't really like that. Uh, they chase him about. Yeah. Uh, standard sort of thing. He keeps trying to say his company's authorised him and they keep cutting him off. Yeah. Eventually he gets out that his company's authorised him to give away a it's full a, turkey yeah, dinner. Yeah, it was a, it was a six-course turkey dinner and he has it on the suitcase. Yeah, so he opens that up, they get up to the table, they let him go and then a load of mice come out and eat the turkey dinner. Yeah. And then Daffy, unfortunately, knocks on the door and tries to interest them in purchasing some after-dinner mints and they grab him. They should have just got the dinner mints. Yeah, I would have been part of it. But what, thought... what, what what was interesting was um, like Daffy does come in and like they start cleaning off the uh, the cooker and stuff, and he says, "Oh no, it's okay. I've just had my lunch." So he's just come from somewhere where he's had his lunch. So why are they starving? Like, can they just not afford the food? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the hi- he's a bandit, so maybe they're hiding out somewhere. Yeah, possibly. But it just seems odd that like if they're hiding out somewhere. Like you like, know, in, I'm guessing like, you know, in, tr- in West, True but... Grit, where they yeah, they smoke door, them out of that. Door salesman came on trying to sell them cookbooks. It's a bit far out, isn't it? Yeah, but that means that's what makes me think Daffy must have an ulterior motive for being there. Yeah, do you I don't like... know what it would be, but well, I mean, like, 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 like this could be another one of his kind of you know assassination things. But do you reckon he just got there and forgot? And he's just like like like, he, like he's his cover is that he's a door to door salesman for cookbook, and Maybe. he's got there and just forgot and Jen's just like what am i doing here i'm wondering oh, if it's a yeah, follow-up to wakiki rabbit because whatever bugs's intention with those two was daffy's meant to be doing it here okay so he's on a similar mission different approach similar mish yeah um 
the difference this time obviously being that Yosemite Sam we know uh you know he goes the distance last yeah. week. Uh, I, like, the only interesting thing to me in this episode really uh was a while ago we tweeted a good grotesque picture yeah. of Yosemite Sam where he shaved some of his beard and it's just got a his mustache even and it's just like a weird tentacle uh now we see Yosemite Sam essentially plucked in this episode yeah um so we were gonna see if we could confirm the tentacle the tentacle is wrong but he does seem to have like two branch-like structures from which the hair sprouts from the mustache so there's still something weird going on there he's human but with like two sort of antlers that grow hair from his sort of upper yeah i mean possibly it is just like antlers you know like they kind of they fall off and grow back and fall off and grow back yeah but it seemed to be where all the hair would grow out but for just the mustache because obviously we we realized uh after posting up that picture that like Yosemite Sam's entirely orange hair. Like he's a furry yeah. person. Yeah. He's like, almost kind of like Gossamer. Fine, but yeah, like his whole head is, is orange hair. Yeah. Do, like, do, like do you reckon he's like a distant uh, cousin to Gossamer? I don't know. It'd be interesting like, to, to look like the only bit that's free that we can see is his hands and his nose. Everything yes. else is orange fuzz. Yeah. But we also now know he has strange antler-like things under the protrusions. Mustache. Yeah, but I don't think that episode was very helpful. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think it was. No, um, until, until we see those two guys again or find out why Bugs needed to keep them where they were, I don't think any light's going to be shed from that episode. No, I mean it's possible that Daffy was just sent there to make sure that one of them cannibalized the other one. Yeah, maybe, maybe because like they need one Yosemite Sam. Two's too much. Jealousy yeah. can be an ev- a horrible thing. Yeah. And they just they just need they'll need one of them for the good Space Jam team later yeah. on. And you're saying they don't need two. Angry. They don't need two. You don't need two angry people. Exactly. Uh, it's worth noting at this point that we did uh, skip one called Hobo Bobo because it's a minor bird episode and largely they've been pretty blackfacey and yeah. we're just not really interested. Uh, we're about to do the same because it's an inky and minor bird, so we know it's going to be pretty blackfacey. Yeah. So we're going to skip that out. Um, now our lack of uh, Christmas episodes up until now. Uh, has been confusing. We're getting an Easter episode by the yeah, sounds of it. from June 28th. Yeah, it's weird. June 28th, 1947. We're looking at Easter yeggs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what a yegg is. I'm sure we'll find out. I'm not. Uh, it's got Elma, <laughs> it's got Elmer Fudd in, so may- maybe it's something to do with some eggheads. Maybe it's like yuppie eggheads. Maybe. <laughs> Let's find out uh, in Easter yeggs, which is a Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd number from June 28th, 1947. How are you feeling about that one then? It wasn't very Eastery. I mean, the Easter Bunny was there, but he was clearly a miserable wreck. Yeah, like he was just miserable. Um, what I did like was uh, the way Bugs talked about Easter eggs. As um, was it te- technical, <laughs> technical uh, hen fruit? fruit. Yeah. Loved it. I thought that was brilliant. But basically, the Easter Bunny can't be bothered and is a bit miserable. And Bugs is like, oh, I'll do it for you. And parades off with a basket of technical hen fruit. Yeah, he comes across a house where a kid's in a pram sucking a pistol. Yeah, that was odd. Like, that was weird. Yeah. And then the kid proceeds to, you know, beat him up, basically. And then he wails that Bugs has broken his arm and then this is full thuggish family with guns turns up yeah and chases bugs out so bugs says i'm not delivering the easter eggs anymore yeah uh it's worth noting that the easter bunny when bugs is gone says every year i get some stupid bunny to do my work yeah so like so the easter bunny jobs like much like the you know the stereotypical view of say the mall santa like yeah they're not taken up by um by the most reputable no like, i don't think this is like the easter bunny like proper i think this is just a like you say it's, it's one of the like the more holiday Santa jobs ones. isn't it yeah, yeah exactly so like and he just can't be bothered so he just gets somebody else to do it for yeah him. it's like dumping your paper around yeah exactly like, it's just not the thing bugs does try again uh but this time he's not as happy about doing it and this he meets elmer and elmer is trying to make easter bunny pie so he just wants to kill him. It's not, it's not that he's after bugs this time. It's yeah, just he just he wants, wants bunny, to kill him. He rabbit. wants rabbit stew. He knows one's coming about. So he yeah, makes his house very welcoming. Yeah. And he also gets into a cot with a with a gun. Yeah. That that bit's odd. Like, why, why did he dress up like a baby? Well, I think it's because you get you just deliver the Easter eggs to the children. Yeah, but the thing is, is he was on the, like, his house was on the list. 
Yeah, but bugs, but bugs will get there and go. Where, where are the kids? Mm. Why is it just this man who yeah. I know? Yeah. yeah. So he disguises himself as a baby. He, he fails in that regard because bugs sort of he's ready. The for, yeah, he's ready for it. Naffs off. So Elmer uh, basically tries to head him off at the pass. Yeah. He digs a big hole. Mistake. Because uh, okay, his plan is to drown Bugs. Yes. But, I don't, but as you say, he doesn't think he's after Bugs. So when Bugs falls down the hole and he tries to fill it with water and drown the rabbit, yeah. Bugs, Bugs just, just pops goes, up I've got a raft and yeah. And and, and then they both go through the uh, through the hollowed out log, yeah. which is now the Love Boat Tunnel. Um, and yeah, Bugs and then does Bugs his classic. comes into his element. He does his classic... You oh, know. you love me. I bet you say that to all the rabbits. Yeah. And gives him a kiss. I think at that point, Elmer clocks that it's Bugs. Yes. And he's goes, like, oh, oh, hang on. Yeah, I know this guy. Uh, and then it's a pretty standard Bugs-Elmer episode. Uh, yeah, except that chase. there's also an Easter bunny trying to ha- uh, palm constantly off palm off eggs to Bugs. Yeah. Now, like at the end of the episode, um, Bugs is just like, right, I'm not doing this anymore. And he hides. And the Easter bunny finds an egg and goes, ah, oh, like this the daft rabbit left this egg line about and you know if you want a job doing you probably have to do it yourself picks it up and starts walking off now it's got a fuse dangling out of it which bugs proceeds be, to like it should be a tell it should be but the thing is is bugs must have left that there yeah on purpose yeah. and not necessarily that bugs but air bugs has definitely left it there because like you know we never saw bugs do it no but, but we, nobody else would have presume. left a bomb easter egg line about uh and then, well, what if elmer left it for bugs uh, possibly but it seems a more bugs move it does because elmer's all about you know blowing somebody up with a shotgun uh but the 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 easter rabbit ends up in the tree and we don't know whether or not the easter bunny was alive or dead at the end of the episode so bugs has either killed the mole easter bunny I don't see him move again. Like he gets blown up and he's sort of hanging in a tree and yeah. bugs in hysterics about it. Yeah, he thinks you it's don't great. even see it twitch. Like no. I think he's killed the Easter Bunny. Yeah, that's it's quite that's a bold my, move. That's my feelings on the matter. Yeah, but as you say, it's not the Easter Bunny, is it? No, it's he'll the have an Easter area where he's meant to deliver. But I mean, it's, it's still a bold move, just killing a rabbit because you're sick of it. What for a? For, uh, well, yeah, he, is a, he, he, he is. Uh, this is a dark time for Bugs. Yeah, but the trouble is, he's also basically untouchable. That's the trouble. Yeah, that is true. He is such a big celebrity. But yeah, well, he's a big celebrity, and he can travel in time. Yeah, like what are you meant to do with I'm that? Not, I'm not liking Bugs at the moment. I haven't liked Bugs for a long time. He's real dark. Yeah, because he he took such joy in that. He was in hysterics. Yeah, he thought it was hilarious. The best thing that happened all episode for him. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I don't think it helped much. Like, I, I mean, it does make holiday jobs seem more true, just the, the general demeanour of the Easter Bunny. Yeah. But the rest of it was a pretty standard Bugs Elmer episode, except Bugs blew up the Easter Bunny at the end of it. Yeah, that was weird. Just to go we'll chalk that up as another horrendous <laughs> thing that Bugs Bunny has done. Uh, we sh- really should get a list of just, like, horrendous things. We I think... G- get uh, that made into a T-shirt, I just reckon a list. part of our... Uh, Bumper recaps uh, yeah. after uh, the live show. So episodes 51 and 52, I think we should definitely uh, just list everyone's crimes Yeah, up until this point. Yeah, just just, just, just give, so we know where they're at. Just so we know where they're, where they're at. <laughs> um, I think we should move on because I don't think that was very helpful. Nah. It was just horrible. Yeah, it was. Um, also, this one has loads of people in it. Uh, so we've got Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. We've got Barnyard Dog. Yeah. We've got Henry. Yeah. Now we expect them to be together. Yeah. But we also got Sylvester. He's in. Yeah. And no Tweety. No Tweety, but like that's a reason. That's a recent like. It is, but the thing like, like like last time we saw Sylvester was in a house as Thomas with Tweety. Do you reckon he's just like oh, I'm sick of getting battered about by that bloody bird and just decided to take a you know a little sabbatical what on the I'm farm like, somewhere. What I'm liking about the Falcon Leghorn episodes. Is they're kind of you know like the first series of The Wire, like focused on like just the one case and the corners and yeah. whatever, and then it sort of zoomed out and it was about the docks, and then it sort of zoomed out and it was about the greater like yeah, uh, and it zoomed out and it was the politics and it zoomed out and it was the journalism and all that. It was just Falcon Leghorn and uh, Henry. Yes, and it was Falcon Leghorn and Henry Barnyard Dog. Where does he fit in? <laughs> yeah, and now it's Falcon Leghorn Henry Barnyard Dog. 
Sylvester, where does he fit into this thing? So Joe's I just think, gonna keep going. I'm hoping it's gonna get everyone in at one point and we'll finally understand where they all yeah, fit how, in their how dynamic. They're, how they're all together. And that'll bring us one step closer to the team spirit scene in good nineteen ninety six movie Space Jam. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting if they keep introducing a new character every single time it's a, a yeah. fog or leg on episode. Until that box on our spreadsheet is just massive. <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, give it a go. It's going to be the last one today. I know it's been a long episode, folks. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, it, it, it's been full of revelations, though. Yeah, it's good. Peter Laurie invented the pool. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, next week will also be a bumper one. And I promise we won't do it again. For a while. Uh, unless it seems like a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, so let's watch Crowing Pains. It's a Foghorn, Barnyard Dog, Henry and Sylvester number from uh, July the 12th, 1947. <laughs> Okay, so I think we've got our answer as to why every Foghorn Leghorn episode has a new animal in it. Yeah, it's the only way Foghorn can get away with going, I'm not a chicken, that's a chicken, and pointing to something different. Yeah, I mean, it's still, like, Henry still gets confused about animals he's seen before, but I think only when a new one's introduced. Yeah. Then it's like, well, now I don't know what's true. Yeah, because last time we saw Henry, he was carting off a horse, a dog, and a rooster, and one of them was getting eaten. The horse hasn't come back. Yeah, we haven't seen the horse. Yeah, the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. But uh, this one, Sylvester comes a cropper, so we'll see. I think it's the first time we've seen Sylvester talk to anyone who isn't a cat. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we know Sylvester won't come a cropper, though, because Sylvester heals like Wolverine. Yeah, I think that's really going to be be his saving grace grace in this situation. Yeah, (laughs) He's probably going to be all right. Painful, but all right. Um, the, I mean, did much? Not really. Um, so, basically, it starts with Sylvester, uh, kind of annoying barnyard dog, and the dog chases him, still on his lead, but he ends up over a tree branch yeah, and he's like hanging. Hung. And Sylvester is about to save his life. He's about to chop the rope with an axe when... Foghorn Leghorn grabs it because he thinks he's going to chop him, chop the dog with the axe. But does he? Like, does he like well, calling your dog? Well, we, it, we think they do. Yeah, but they sort of- it's it's the fact he says, oh, you know, there's there's you, you have to bury the hatchet, but not in someone. Yeah, so, like, Sylvester's going to cut him down. Yes. And then uh, Foghorn Leghorn takes their head off the axe. Yeah, but I think it's because um, Foghorn Leghorn's around the corner of the barn. He can't see he can't quite see where he's aiming. Yeah. Um, so it pretty much confirms that Foghorn Leghorn and Barnyard Dog, they don't want each other dead. No. They'd still rather, uh, if one of them's going to die, they'd rather it was the other one. Yes. But if, they, they if, they, really... if neither of them has to die, they're going to sort that out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Henry Hawk comes in with his usual, uh, I'm a chicken, demeanor, Hawk, I'm chicken. I'm he tries to take Foghorn Leghorn away. Foghorn yeah. Leghorn tells him Sylvester's the chicken. Yeah. Hilarity ensues. Of course. Um, but it winds up with them going, uh, well, well that, them all going, he's a rooster. Yeah. And Foghorn, and they conclude, well, Henry concludes that, well, rooster's got to crow at dawn. Yeah, and so have to crow at dawn. They have to. So that's an interesting, they yes. have to. Yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't have a choice. It's a, either, it, like, they'll get fined if they don't, arrested if they don't, or maybe it's just an inbuilt instinct, which they cannot not do. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I didn't get conclusively which of those things it is. No. Uh, but uh, Foghorn Leghorn's got one of those good, well-written tomes that you read a couple of pages of and can just do it straight yeah. away about ventriloquism. Yes. And uh, so when he crows, he makes it seem like Sylvester's crowing at dawn. Uh, technically, fulfilling both of the necessary criteria. Yes. Proving that he's not a rooster to Henry. Yeah, Henry but also whilst having to crow. He had to crow. He did. Yeah, he did. And so, Sylvester gets dragged off. And we know that's not the last we see of Sylvester. Yeah. So... So I'll be interested to see who gets introduced next time in a Foghorn Leghorn episode, but otherwise yeah. I don't really think that's ad- added much. Like, like We've already sort of established a dynamic and thus far it has continued. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see Sylvester in there just like like with a few other people. And with the voice back, because as yes. you know, we've seen the voice, but only when talking to us yeah. or to other cats. Yes. So we know he can communicate with other animals. So that t- kind of supports the idea that they don't. Really he just doesn't do it in front of humans yeah. because... He wants them to keep him as a pet because yes. he wants them to just feed him. And he but he doesn't want to enter a sub-dom relationship like the dogs do. Yeah, it's not like uh, like he he's definitely pretending. Yes. Whereas the dogs, like you know, it's it's playing. 
It's oh, like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's part of a, it's, it's a role play rather than a full on, uh, like, hoodwinking. Faint and disguise. Yes. Hoodwinking. Yeah. Hoodwinking. A hose down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a fun episode. Enjoyed it. Didn't give us much. No. But, I, you know, we'll find out that, um, you know, roosters have to crow at dawn. Be interesting yeah. to find out why. Well, uh, hopefully that'll be covered in the next 50 years of cartoons. I hope so. Uh, but uh, we'll investigate the rest of 1947 uh, on next week's show. Yep. And then uh, show 50 will be our live Roger Rabbit show. Yeah. Uh, as we said at the start of the episode, if you do happen to be listening to this on June 13th, yep. 2018. It's happening it's soon. To- it's tonight. Yep. Uh, <laughs> come along. If, if you're in the Reading area, do yeah. come along. Come down to the... Well, you can grab your tickets from the Nags Head pub. It's yep. in the pavilion uh, next door. Uh, coming down it's three quid it's a good idea otherwise see you see you next episode yeah bye, bye.